On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Season 3, Episode 10, Misa, and Season 4, Episode 1, Two Swords. We break down the ramifications of the Red Wedding. We prepare for Joffrey's wedding, which of course will go off without a hitch. And Chris and I do a nickname draft, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. guys welcome back this is deep thrones season we actually have two episodes this time that we're hitting it's season three episode 10 misa and season four episode one two swords i of course am sims my partner Sheedy's here is on the line what's up hey guys what's going on we're, we, we're back to our roots here we're going not in studio recording this time non-studio boys we're doing uh far studio boys and we actually had a big plan for this episode we're gonna have brendan back on as a guest star but for all of our uh, Chicago and Midwest fans, uh, the snows came. The and, snows uh, came. Winter not came. fantastic conditions. Winter came. And it was heavy. <laughs> like, heavy flow. I woke up this morning for, to a text from Shady saying, you know, like, I completely get if you can't make it today. And then I, like, I went through the whole conversation without even once looking outside. And I was like, oh, you know, we'll play it by ear. We'll see what happens. Then I like get out of bed like an hour and a half later, and I'm like, "Oh shit, no chance, no chance." I'm showing up. I while I was shoveling the snow out there, I started sweating. I shit my pants. I it was <laughs> I was sweating. I was dying. It was horrendous shoveling that snow. And part of me was like imagining that I was killing corn half hand. And just and just I mean, why why that? Because it was north that? of the wall. I felt like I was north of the wall, you know. But I was like, I'm not a did like Sims. Ranger, Samuel, Seward, Sheedy, Shoveler, you know, like I was, a, that was my order from the Night's Watch, was to just be a guy who shovels snow, uh, and I accidentally know, killed Corrin on my backswing. <laughs> you know those times when you work up a good sweat, and then like, you, your butt crack starts sweating, and you're not sure if you've got your pants, or if it's sweat down there? Yeah, do you ever put your hands back there just to dab a little? <laughs> just to... I mean, I'm not gonna say I've never done it. It's done before. You know, sometimes like okay, for example, we would have like six a.m. lifts in football, and like you know, you don't like you wake up 15 minutes before you got to be there. You don't have time to go poopies and make it on time. In so. high school, Mims odds are was up until three the night before anyway. Yeah, playing Call of Duty, you know what it is. Yeah, not, not even high school Mims. That's you're talking college Mims too. Dude. All versions, all canons of the Mims yeah, universe. Adult Mims. I was up till two o'clock last night playing Assassin's Creed. Oh, I heard great things. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's great stuff. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Check it out. Um, they're paying us to mention us, mention them in this episode. So. There's their plug. Yep. Um, Give us that internet do, money, assholes. I do uh, want to get back to Thrones for a second here. So there was a trailer that came out um, last week because this will be dropped on Monday. But unfortunately, we would have covered it in our last episode. But it literally came out about 20 hours after we recorded yeah. our previous episode. So the trailer was um, just like uh, John, Arya, and Sansa going through the Winterfell crypts. And um, not to be confused with the Winterfell Bloods. Yeah, or the uh, Counter Crips. And there's like, you know, by the time they get to the end of it, they pass like Liana's statue, they pass uh, Ned's statue, and they pass uh, Kat's statue. And then by the time they get to the end, all three of them are standing there, and their statues are all right there staring them back in the face. Um, So a couple things that have been brought up around this trailer... Is course, this trailer like, actually seen in the show is one question I have, or is it just a trailer? I think, I, I mean, to me it looks 
very promotional. I, I doubt that that shows up in the show. Agreed. Uh, you know, like with, with the trailer that Agreed. came out with Sansa and uh, Dan- Danny and that's and that's John, Phil, that's from the show. Yeah, for that's sure. Show stuff. Yeah. So I show think it, I think it's like pretty easy to tell the difference. But who knows, dude? I don't know. A couple I mean, things I, I want to point out. All of the quotes, because when they pass each statue of Atlanta, of Liana, of Ned, uh-huh. and of Cat, each quote is about John. Yeah. Each quote I said mean, by the former character is about John. Ned, yeah. you're, you have my blood. Cat saying she could never love John, and then Liana saying you have to protect him. All about John. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, a couple of things that like some like Game of Game of Thrones freaks have uh, pointed out or Absolutely fanatics, I should freaks. say. Um, the Sansa's hair scenario. Have you heard about this theory? Mm-mm. So sorry, I'm Sansa, drinking out of our new Game of Thrones glasses. Yeah, those uh, things are nice. Good, also, Brendan, we apologize. Up. We'll get you on soon, bud. Good pickup. Um, so Sansa's hair. So there's been this theory that came out starting um, over the summer, I think, or maybe over the, in the spring. Um, but Sansa, or I'm sorry, Sophie Turner said that Sansa kind of styles her hair to who her role models are at the time. So if you like go back and look at some of the episodes, uh, some of the ones that we're watching right now, Sansa starts to fashion her hair after Lady Tyrell or Marjorie Tyrell, I should say. Um, And then like later on down the road, when Sansa kind of starts like changing her character for the darker, uh, she starts fashioning her hair after Cersei. And then now um, in this trailer that came out, her hair kind of looked like Danny's did. Uh, She's a fucking follower is what you're saying? So, so people are saying like maybe Sansa actually starts to like Danny in season eight and is like very receptive to her being the queen and all this stuff. Eventually, she will probably. I think the end game, the ideal end game of the Hollywood ending would be Sansa and John live happily as you know the King of the North and the Lady of Winterfell, and Daenerys becomes queen of the Seven Kingdoms that remain. But that's just not going to happen. There's no chance it's going to happen because, first of all, uh, John's going to find out his lineage as right. soon as Bran has the weird, rapey conversation with him. Yeah. Uh, which and Bran's like, guess what? With everybody. I know something you don't know. <laughs> and then also, I don't think, dude, I mean, Sansa is, like, up until this point, we can see this going on with episodes that we're watching right now. Her character is just being bred to just not trust anybody. And I don't think she's going to accept any. No, um, she doesn't even trust. Yeah. She doesn't even trust Arya when she sees her at first. Yeah, exactly. But another thing from that trailer to point out is that that uh, feather that falls to the ground. Yes, we all yes, know where that came from, yes. right? Robert yeah. in season one, Robert Baratheon put that on Lyanna's statue. Right, right. And people were saying maybe that's like a callback. Um, now that Danny's showing up, it's kind of like a callback to season one. Another queen from the south, or another king from the south, coming up to Winterfell and is going to lead to bad things. Right. We don't know. And then the third part about the trailer that people have been kind of fussing about is the statue of Jon Snow. It looks very old compared to Sansa and Arya's statue, which is like... Oh, you're right, of, it does. Yeah, which led to fans freaking out and saying, okay, is that meaning that Sansa and Arya are going to die and Jon Snow lives at the end of everything? I don't know. Also, was it too tall? It should have been shorter, a shorter statue. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like... That's like they used to, um, they used to like make like statues of Julius Caesar and like Augustus Caesar and all those guys taller yeah. because, you know, you, you can't have a fucking and, like, statue, the statue that of people this, are looking down on. Right, like the statue of David though had like a really little dick because back then little dicks were considered elegant. So 
I was just born at the wrong time. <laughs> classic, classic mix-up. Classic mix-up. God that, messed up. God. Yeah. I'm not one to question the Lord, but he fucked up. You bl- God, you blew it. <laughs> you blew it. Um, so you had a story that you wanted to tell us that happened to you recently. Yeah, huh? so recently I was doing some SPR, some strictly professional research on uh, one of the hubs or tubes. And, um, <laughs> you know, one of those various internet hubs and tubes. And I heard the funniest thing I think I've ever heard whilst watching a hub or tube vid. Uh, it was a doctor scene, right? The doctor had this chick, like, bent over, ready to rock. And he, he <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and he said to her, he goes, uh, wow, you have a beautiful butthole. And just saying butthole already got, like, an initial chuckle. <laughs> but then she just kind of, like, has a weird look on her face, like, confused. And she goes, thanks. And then he goes, you must work out. And she looks full-blown, like, what? And then he just smacks her ass and starts going. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, first of all, I, like, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. But I feel like if I'm doing some strictly professional research... Nothing about that like description makes me want to click on that and be like, yeah, I'll, I think I'll check this one out. It's not. It wasn't the title of it. It just like I was into oh, it at oh, that point because he had already done a bunch of other preliminary shit to her, so it was like good, right? It was going normal porno, and then he hits her with that line like midway through the vid, and I was like, what? Dude, I would have just thrown my hands up. I would be like, that's it for this slash. Can't can't do it anymore. You know what? I went there for a animalistic human impulse. And I left there with some laughs. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, it did its job. It, I ended. I felt good after that video for That's different great. reasons than I went in for. That's great comedy right there. That's good. It's classic comedy. <laughs> what do you say we hop uh, in? Yeah, let's hop into this review. Let's pull a doctor here and hop into this this wonderful butthole. Um, <laughs> folks, so we'll start with... Uh, I'm going to be running the review just because it's a little awkward with Chris coming in via the cell phone. Because uh, we, we were doing it like a... We're doing it almost like radio right now. Right. Which is better, still better than PlayStation. Still better than PlayStation. Much uh, better than PlayStation. But shout out PS4. Still better than Xbox. Um, so we'll start with Season 3, Episode 10, Misa. So um, it starts off, and, and there's just Freyman finishing off the Starks, right? Arya sees Rob, uh, his body, with his fucking direwolf pinned to him. So his head was cut off. Fucking direwolf's pinned to his head. You see in the Hound's eyes fear, and I see the Hound in a way thinking... I don't think he thinks he's in danger. I think he thinks, at this point, I don't want Arya to see this. Which, again, folks, yeah. he says stupid bullshit. He's got a big mouth. Everyone does back then, but he actually has a great heart. Chris? You know, it's interesting there because I think half of it is that, where he's thinking, all right, I don't want Arya to see this. She's already been through enough. But then I also think half of it is, okay, well, shit, I'm not going to get paid anymore. i got to improvise and figure out what I'm going to do next. Right. Um, so, but it is, I mean, it is absolutely brutal just seeing, like, going from the shock of the Red Wedding to then the opening scene of this next episode is Rob being pranced around with a fucking dire wolf on his head. Like, yeah. it's just kind of kind of shocking, kind of like kicking, kicking, if, kicking him while he's down, you know? If you've never seen Breaking Bad and you want to watch it, mute this part real quick, but it's like Walter White's death is such a beautiful send-off, right? He almost dies peacefully from that gunshot wound. He walks around the meth lab, he falls over... He's bleeding out, and you see him amongst what made him kind of tick, which was his meth cooking, right? And that's like a, a send-off where you're like, you know what, that character died right. And here's a character you love, Rob, whose body has a wolf head pinned to it. It's brutal. It's not yeah. like any other show where you... Even when they're like, ooh, that death was a good send-off for that Game of Thrones character, it's always because it's brutal. Whereas yeah. no other show do you have that mindset. 
and we also we'll we'll have uh, we'll revisit the br- brutal deaths um, next episode because it's kind of pertinent to what goes on in, in uh, episode two of season four. So we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, and from there, there's a quick little scene with Tyrion and Sansa just discussing families, and they're kind of ticking a little bit, uh, having a nice convo. We're not going to discuss this, really. It's just that that happened. And from there, uh, Joffrey and the small council discussing Rob's death, um, and it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, Joffrey is super pumped up. I mean, as he, I mean, you know, if you're a little guy, if you're, I mean, he's a teenager at this point, he's king, and, like, pretty much the war is over at this point. So I would be pumped up, too. But Joffrey's just, like, such a little twat about it. Like, he's talking about, oh, demand that Frey send back his head so that Sansa can look at it day and night and, like, all this shit. Like, just chill out, dude. Yeah, it's fucked up. You didn't do shit. He he seems to feel like he's accomplished a lot. He literally didn't do a damn thing for the entire war effort. He's the opposite of a good boy because it's like, so me and Chris both being opposite fans of football teams, Vikings and Bears, we talk shit throughout the season. But, like, last year when the Vikings lost... Chris was super respectful, didn't text me for a few days, let it heal. Likewise, this year with the Bears in the Parky game, Joffrey's the opposite. He's that guy yeah. who texts you immediately and is like, oh, nice kick, it looks like you're oh, yeah. done. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. exactly. That, that's a perfect analogy for it. He, I mean, He's not a good friend. If there were cell phone towers in Westeros, like Joffrey would have called, would have called Winterfell right away. Yeah. Just been like, "Hey, would you look at that? Yeah, would you just look at this?" <laughs> he would have been like, <laughs> Maester Aemon would have been like, "Night's Watch." Be like, put the bastard on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, huh? Yeah, and uh, then uh, Tywin and Tyrion have a great conversation, just discussing. This is some great scenery here at the beginning, where it's almost kind of a respectful conversation, where Tyrion's like. Because Tywin kicks Joffrey out of the meeting because Joffrey throws some fucking heat at Tywin. Tywin says, like, well, you know, you don't need to say you're the king. I'll explain that to you when I win your war. And he goes, my father won the real war while you hid under Casterly Rock. Unbelievable. I, I, like, when he said that, everyone in the room goes silent. Everyone's just looking at each other like, what the fuck did he just say? Tywin is just visibly pissed off. Um, and then, like, just says the, the king is sleepy. He needs to go to bed. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm not tired. And then, uh, like, uh, uh, Cersei gets up and was like, you know, Joffrey, maybe you should just go to bed. Just, you know, just chill out, dude. And then he's just, like, keeps yelling at Tywin. Tywin doesn't even, like, move the entire time. He's just like, you're, you're going to bed right now. Take some essence of nightshade or whatever. Yeah, clunk uh, out. Maester Pycelle, too, is so whipped by Joffrey and is always like, he's the king. You mustn't talk to him that way. And even then, there's a great, like, it's almost like on Pycelle's face for, like, seven seconds of him just staring at Tywin after Joffrey says that, like, what the fuck's he gonna do? Yeah. There's no, yeah, no chance. First of all, and, and there's a great line that kind of comes out to this. Uh, I'm not sure if you're gonna use it for your best line, Yas Queen. Uh, um, one of some was, yeah. Okay, so I'm not. I'm no, not I don't. Just go ahead and right say now. it doesn't matter. It can come up later. Well, so basically, Tywin says after. So Joffrey's uh, like exclaiming that he's the king, I'm the king, and then Tywin's like, anyone, any man who says I'm the king is no true king. Yes. And then um, great line, like, one of my favorites. It, I mean, it's it's just, it just goes back to even when Varys was doing that, like. Uh, puzzle with Tyrion like where does the power lie is it with the king is it with the richest man is it with the priest you know I mean in this room obviously Tywin is the one in charge and everyone seems to know that except for Joffrey you go learn uh, so, yeah he kicks everyone out and then like he's explaining to Tyrion just the way the family works and Tyrion's like when have you ever done anything up f- not for you and for the actual yeah. benefit of the family and he says the day I let you live after your birth 
very emotional yeah. scene. Yeah, that was that was a touching scene. Um, from there, we get a little brand traveling, and uh, nothing important except he does tell the story of the rat cook, which you discussed last week, which I thought was neat. Yeah, I, I didn't even I I had forgotten that he talks about it in the actual show. I thought that was just a book thing. There but, were a yeah, few that was, that was cool. a few serendipitous moments like that, that. I think I texted you about while doing my review. Yeah. So just a, like a quick summary. So the Rat King um, was a he's a cook. Night's Watchman, or, I'm right? Sorry, the I'm rat sorry, cook. the Rat cu- the Rat Cook. Yeah. So he was a Night's Watchman, and um, they were at the Night Fort, which is which is an abandoned fort on the wall. And uh, apparently, like, this lord was having a dinner there, and the rat cook cooked up his son into a pie, like a meat pie, and served it to lord. He, he loved it. it kept so good. It. Yeah, he's like, he thought it tasted so good, so he even had a like, serving and stuff. And then the gods uh, condemned the cook to living life as a rat in the night fort. And the reason why the gods did that, apparently, was not because he killed the son. It was because... He murdered someone. He murdered a guest in his own home, essentially. Yeah, and of course, it's filmed in that way where he tells that story, and then it's a quick little scene cut to Frey talking to Roos about, um, you know, hey, look what we did here. You're warden of the North. Congrats. And it's it's really just that. Yeah, yeah. and it, I th- I found that scene interesting with Frey and and uh, Bolton because there was a scene later on when Jamie was in that same room with Frey and they kind of had like a similar uh, conversation. Yeah. Roos seems to like not really respect Frey and that's kind of the theme of the show. Frey, I think, right. knows people don't. And Roos even kind of looks at him and uh, uh, the young wolf, oof, forever young, and then they both kind of howl. Yeah. I, I think everyone knows, the whole realm knows that Frey is just kind of a coward. He's going to throw himself with the winning lot every time. Every time. Every time. He's like Drake. <laughs> well, no, because Drake always picks the favorites and then they proceed to lose. Yeah, that's true. Drake is the fucking kiss of death. He's the Ariana Grande of sports. <laughs> um, and then, so from there, Ramsey is eating a fake sausage. It's not Theon's real dick, but he has cut off his dick. I, I when I first watched this, I thought it's probably a fake move. No, he, he cut he cut that he cut that sucker off. Uh, oh yeah, and, well, I thought he was eating the dick when I first watched it. Yeah, and he's like pork sausage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is when we see the birth of Reek, where he is now breaking Theon down as a human being. It's no longer just a physical breakdown. It's an actual mental deterioration of who Theon is. And he right. beats Theon up, says, what is your name? He says, I'm Theon. And he's trying to get him to say Reek, which is just, it's, it's, it's humiliating. And you can tell that Ramsay genuinely takes joy from breaking him down mentally. Yes. Um, and from there, that we actually see the Greyjoys receive Theon's cock. Uh, and the dad is like, well, he's no son of mine anymore. The dad almost kind of like throws him to the wind. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, typically when you're talking about receiving cock, it's not in the literal sense. You know, it's, it's true. Theon <laughs> gave package. them dick. <laughs> he's penising them. Yeah, usually when you're getting dick, it's not in an Amazon delivery. <laughs> Uh, Yara vows to rescue Theon, even though it's against her dad's wishes. He kind of is like, "Well, Theon's dead to us," and she's like, "No, he's still a great joy. Let's go. Let's go get that. Let's go get this bread." What's what are those like late night commercials um, where they like deliver stuff discreetly and stuff? AdamandEve.com. AdamandEve.com. Yeah. Yeah. So that so uh, the great joy has just gotten a delivery from AdamandEve.com. Yeah, from FeonandReek.com. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he just he promises to keep torturing him in his letter to them. 
Uh, and from there we get uh, Brand gets oh, a little. Before you move on, uh, Yara Greyjoy, or I'm sorry, yeah, Yara Greyjoy Yara. actually decides that she's going to go and rescue the. Uh, yes. At that point. And the dad is not really for it, but she's she's kind of like the commander of the military and kind of has some leeway. Uh, and then Brand gets some dragon glass from Sam, and then Sam takes him to an old uh, area where they can go north. So Brand now is fo- balls deep in this going north idea. He's got a little oh, bit yeah. of dragon glass, and he's he's heading north. Remember those old uh, hillbilly CDs called Going South? No. <laughs> well, these are the opposite. They're going north. They're going north, yeah. Um, I mean, not too much to touch on there, but it is important um, that Bran and Sam meet because that does end up uh, coming into coming into the picture later on in Season 7. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a quick Davos and Gendry conversation. Uh, and then Varys. Varys and a whore wizardry conversation where Varys is trying to get... Um, uh, what's the fuck is her name? Shay. Shay, he's trying to get her to fuck all the way off. Uh, he yeah. wants her to go to Pentos or Essos or basically anywhere. Except King's Landing. Except King's, because he says, he's like, we both know Tyrion's important and you're an unwanted distraction. No offense. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, this is when I think Varys is now, like, fully team Tyrion. Yes. Um, I think it actually happened after the Battle of the Blackwater where he said, like, you know, we're, we're not going to forget, um, but I'm not going to be able to hang out with you as much as I used to. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so this is an example of Barris actually coming around and being full team Tyrion now. And it's a smart move. I mean, Shay ends up being the downfall of him in King's Landing. Yeah. I mean, it was literally foresight the whole time, and Varys is always very good at that. And we, of course, I mean, I cannot wait until Horror Wizardry is over, but no end in sight yet. Uh, she's yeah. not she's not for the idea. She like this immediately is goes peak to peak horror wizardry right now. Yeah, we're, this we're is the peak, peak of horror it. wizardry. Yeah, this is this is like Chamber of Secrets level of horror wizardry. This is this is horror wizard season. This is horror wizard se- season. Yes, <laughs> uh, and from there uh, we have a quick Tyrion and Cersei chat. Nothing really huge in that chat, I don't think. Uh, and then Arya kills some some frame men, bragging about Rob's death. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. She her like, first kill, I, right? Or no? The first man that she killed. First, she killed the boy, the stable man. boy. Right. Um, but yeah, so she just—they were talking shit, and then she finally just heard enough, hops off the horse. Um, gets in a fight with these guys, and then the hound comes and has to like kill the other two after she kills the one guy. And he even asks her, he's like, where did you get that knife? And she's like, from your pocket. And then he looks, and he's like, motherfucker. <laughs> you sneaky. 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 sneaky little Pearl Harbor. Kind of like a Pearl Harbor. And from there, Egret finds John. Remember, John escaped, and uh, he's on the lamb. Egret finds him. There's a great moment where they, like, have a little sensuality from afar. John says, he's like, I know you love me. And she says, you know, you know nothing, John Snow. Hits him with three arrows. But yeah. none of them kill shots, and this is big because Egret again is a very talented marksman with those bows and arrows. Oh yeah, I mean it's like the fact that Jon Snow is able to so quickly shake off those arrows is just beyond me. I mean the kid just takes three arrows like it's nothing, and then the yeah. next episode he's back up and walking and shit. Yeah, Rob, take note. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Hard> loser. <laughs> It's fucked up. Too soon, man. Play through the concussion. Um, that's uh, and from there we get a little Princess Shireen teaching Davos to read, which is not a huge scene, but it is a huge scene because in the scene previous, Maester Aemon uh, gets word from Sam that there are White Walkers. Aemon sends ravens like a motherfucker. Davos yep. gets one of those ravens, and Davos eventually will tell Stannis that there are there are words of mysterious dealings up in the north. I, first of all, let me let me say this. I love every scene where it's Davos and Shireen. Fantastic. It's like, An actual think, dad-like figure to her? 
yeah, it's it's like one of the, you know one of those few touching moments that you get amongst all this chaos. Um, but more importantly, and I'm kind of I'm gonna I don't know I might deviate from like the scene structure a bit here, but um, it's all right. It, it does, it's your podcast. Like, that, well, no, it's our podcast. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, just like to go through. I mean, you alluded to it already, but just the whole significance of it is that um, later on in the episode, Davos goes up to Stannis, Stannis actually sentences him to death, and then Davos is like, well, you know, you're probably going to need me because I just got this raven, um, and it said that there's White Walkers and shit walking on the wall, and everyone needs to convene at the wall, all the South Lords, and then Mel takes a look at it, throws it in the fire, and she's like, yeah, uh, he's right, we got to go up there, there's a big battle north of the wall, um, and all you guys have, like, an important role to play in it. So, I don't know, foreshadowing, question yeah. mark? Well, yeah. And not only that, but also, like, uh, it's it's great because, uh, well, we'll get to it. There's more that happens in this episode along those lines of Davos and Stannis. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I got ahead of myself there. but I just, All like, important. I, I get real excited. I get real excited when there's stuff that happens that's still relevant to what's going to happen in season eight. And it's a lot of stuff in the show is like that. They do a great job of tying it all together. It's really a modern day full house. <laughs> um, and from there, John arrives back at castle black, just riddled with fucking ammo. You know, this is like when we play call of duty and I get shot once and I die, but you're just, your character has one arm. And oh, somehow yeah. still eat alive. Bullets. You eat I bullets. I eat bullets like John Snow eats arrows. Yeah. And I eat them like fucking Rob. Um, <laughs> John arrives at Castle Black, uh, hurt as fuck, and everyone's like, oh shit, it's John. And so they get him off the horse, and it's just a quick to show you he arrived. And then Jamie arrives back at King's Landing. Very little fanfare. Hell yeah. <laughs> he comes stumbling and, in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people didn't even recognize him when he first showed up at the gates. No. He's a mess. He's got one hand. He's covered in <laughs> shit and piss. Went from the top to the bottom real Yeah, started from the top, and now he's here. Um, yeah. And he visits Cersei, and Cersei's like, "Oh shit!" Um, and then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh shit! Oh man. fuck! I've, I've been fucking Lady Land. Shit. Yeah, it's the remix to Incest, hot and fresh. Yeah, she's like, "Oh shit!" Um, and then Davos gets in a little bit of trouble because he lets Gendry loose. He he frees yeah. Gendry, and like you said, this is when they're gonna execute him. And he says, "No, no, no! Like, look at you're gonna need me." And then Miss Sandra actually saves him. She looks. In the flames and goes, yeah, um, the Lord of Light has a plan for him. And then Stannis laughs and he's like, so funny, uh, this god that you hate so much just saved your life. Yeah, it is kind of ironic, but I think that what Mel saw in the fire was not relating to Davos's activities with Stannis. No. I think it's I think it's more so going to relate to Davos's activities with Dr. John. Dr. Dre. Oh, John. Coming up in season eight. I thought Stannis was going to drop a fire mixtape, and the fire mixtape is going to kill the Night King. Ooh, maybe. Oh, that'd Shireen, be pretty, yeah. That'd be fucking, plot twist. It's yeah. Just like, Brad is just like, on season the fucking... Eight is just like a big-ass musical. <laughs> Brad is just fucking flipping the discs, DJing with, like, shades on, and Davos is rapping, and the Night King just explodes. <laughs> that would be crazy. Jon Snow drops the mic. Sims and Sheedy, better writers than the Game of Thrones writers? Question mark? <laughs> Yeah, man. We'll do. We can. We can get that. That'll be a trial by combat. Game of oh, Thrones yeah. musical, dude. Oh yeah, Game of oh, Game yeah. of Thrones, man. We'll figure it out. Um, Hamilton style. Yeah. So there's a lot. Oh, also there was a lot about that trailer about Bran not being in the crypt. But we have our own theories. One, crypt's not wheelchair accessible. Fact. Two, he was busy. 
three, no one cares. Four. Four, four, he already, like, declared himself not a Stark, so, like, why are they going to put him down there? And five... He's the Night like, King. What, what is he going to do? Be fucking wheeling down there? He, the, yeah. whole, the whole scene was them walking. Like, come on. Yeah. He, and then he's it, like... It's just complicated shit. And then he sees the statue and he's like, yeah, I almost died on the fucking stairs. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't identify as a Stark anymore, so if they're doing a promotional trailer for Starks, they're not going to put him in it. Right. And also, he might be the Night King. That's another hot theory out there. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That's that's out there still but like fuck it you know? i'm not a fan fuck. of that theory i don't think that theory is true i think the theory that he will help defeat the night king instrumentally is more likely i would like to see that more for sure because if he is the night king then it's just i don't know like you have to tie up that whole storyline and then somehow like it's gonna take okay. six episodes itself to yeah create yeah. clarity How, the whole theory of two hour like eight episodes that are two hours doesn't make sense it needs to be like 11 at least to just tie this whole motherfucker up tightly well, it's it's six episodes that are all quote unquote feature length, so they're saying at least two hours for each of the six episodes. So it's essentially twelve episodes then. Yeah. Because remember, it was hour long episodes, so then it's, yeah. you're getting your money's worth. Yeah. And the final yeah. scene of this episode, Misa, is where we finally see Misa. The freed slaves uh, love Daenerys. Of course, her helpers are skeptical, but they take her, they lift her up, she crowd surfs, and they love her. They're saying Misa, which means mother, right? Yep. Which normally I call Daenerys mommy, but tonight I'll call her Misa. And they lift her up, she crowd surfs. Restraining it's a, order. It's a beautiful ending and it's restraining order. And it shows that she is loved by the people. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you, you pretty much covered it all there. There's not too much else to talk about there. That's her only Unless, scene. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Next episode, she has some good ones. Yeah, honorable. Uh, and we'd like to say goodbye uh, to season three. Uh, we just finished another season. Say goodbye to Dario uh, 1. Yeah, old Dario. Peace out, bro. Bye. Get see you later. Who significantly died in season three? Anyone that we got to say goodbye to? Oh, Rob. <laughs> yeah, like Rob, Cat, uh, um, fucking My Hopes and Dreams. My Hopes and Dreams. <laughs> Trader of Spices. Still miss you, buddy. Yeah, I, I might even have been remember season two. early season three. We've been going through these. Watching two episodes at a pop, like sometimes I forget. Yeah. Um, to shower. early shit that happened. Yeah, so we'll start with season four, episode one, right away. We're gonna dive into two swords, and uh, at the beginning, we see why it's called two swords. Tywin turns Rob Stark's old massive sword into two swords, one for Jamie and one for Joffrey, and they're Valyrian steel, which is significant. And Tywin gives Jamie his sword. Jamie's super stoked about it, but then they get in a little bit of an argument, Chris. Yeah, because Ty Tywin wants, uh, clearly wants Jamie to take over Castle Rock. That's been his whole goal. Remember, we saw that. In season two, when Tyrion and Tywin were arguing with each other about who's going to take over Castle Rock, Tywin saying that the king will pardon you from your vows as as a Kingsguard if you just you know just accept this offer to go and be acting Lord of Castle Rock while I'm the King's Hand, and yeah. Jamie just straight up says no, slaps him in the face. Uh, Tywin really doesn't have too much recourse. I mean, like. I think Tywin's honestly shocked at this point because his whole goal has been trying to continue his legacy and put Jamie in place at Castle Rock so that he can, um, you know, go and have kids and carry on the legacy. But Jamie's just straight up denying all that, and Tywin doesn't have a plan further than that. The Lan you're right. What you said last week. The Lannisters are fucking spoiled. Yeah, He's mad because his dad's giving him a fortune and a castle. 
nowadays kids like get in fights with their parents because their parents want them to be something like crazy that they don't want to be but back then it was like no please i don't want to be rich it's like yo son take all my shit yeah here. have yeah. everything it's just like no i, I want to smack my sister so yeah but jamie also though there is that whole like he feels like he's he's like i'm done breaking oaths they call me kingslayer oathbreaker man without honor i just want to do one thing and see it through to the end I, I mean, do you really think that's it, though? I think his motivation is just being with Cersei. I really do. Maybe. I mean, he does love her. He truly loves her. He sees beyond the evil monster that everyone else sees because he's he's you know I mean he's creamed in her three times. <laughs> I mean, look at look at Barristan <laughs> Selmy. Like he technically broke his vow, kind of. I mean, the, the old king died. Yeah, but everyone's had... different, though. You know. Yeah. 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 True. Um. And from there, uh, Tyrion goes to welcome Oberyn uh, from Dorne to uh, King's Landing because they're all getting all their uh, delegates from all over the world for Joffrey's wedding. Um, mm-hmm. The King of Dorne, or whatever they call him, the main, the Prince of, the Dorne, Prince of yeah, Dorne, he's not going to be there because he's very ill, but instead Oberyn is. Oberyn is not with the caravan. He's already at a brothel in King's Landing, smanging. Now, interesting fact, Dorne is not across any sea. It's just south. Yeah, so, so you have, the problem with Dorne is you have... The, the marches, which are the name of the mountains there, basically blocking off your access to Dorne. Dorne so is not thing, part of the Seven Kingdoms, or it is? It is. It is. So it is under so, rule of the Seven Kingdoms. Okay. Yes. For a long time, they weren't. Right now, they are, mainly because of Rhaegar's wedding to... Um, uh, fuck, what was Oberyn's sister. Yeah, yeah Oberyn's sister. Um, so, yeah, so that really brought them into the fold. But uh, the thing is, there's natural borders from the rest of the Seven Kingdoms and Dorne. They're, those mountains are there, so there's only one thin causeway that you can go through. So it's really hard to invade Dorne, which is why they've been pretty much independent the whole time. Uh, another interesting thing is they call their uh, kings and queens princes and princesses, which is confusing because when they have brothers and sisters, they're all princes and princesses. So kind of, you know, Prince Oberyn and... and, and uh, Prince, uh, fuck, what was, what was, what was the king's Martel, name? Martel, Oberyn Martel, and, uh, Goofus. Duran? Duran. Yeah, Duran Duran. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're, everything's a little cockeyed there. They're the Texas of the Seven Kingdoms. Everything's a little twisted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and having, Oberyn's, uh, having fun in that brothel. He's, he's yeah. checking out some prostitutes, and then he brings a, he brings a male prostitute into the fold. And Dorne is super open. It's very liberal. A lot of cucks and snowflakes. A lot of libtards down there. It's a very liberal, <laughs> uh, it's a very liberal um, society where like they don't even have bastard names, uh, or they do, but they're all bastards are considered beautiful. Marriage is kind of like whatever. They're all just fucking and banging everything, men, women. Yeah. And this is I'm gonna run through this real quick. So it's quick. Oberyn actually hears some Lannisters singing while he's trying to get his smang on. He gets pissed. He goes kind of fucks him up. Tyrion's like, oh, it's you. And then Tyrion and Oberyn have like a really important chat where Tyrion's like, what are your true intentions here, Oberyn? And Oberyn brings up Rhaegar's marriage to his sister. And then he even kind of calls out Rhaegar for being an asshole and turning coat because he fell in love with another woman. Yeah. Left his sister behind. And then when Tywin's men sacked the city, the mountain was ordered, which these orders only could have come from Tywin, to right. rape and murder his sister and then kill her babies by smashing their head. And Oberyn right. is pissed about this, and he's making it very clear to Tyrion that the reason he's here is to settle his score with the mountain and with uh, uh, Tywin. And he says to Tyrion, 
Tell your father I'm here, and tell him that the Lannisters are not the only ones who pay their debts. Awesome fucking scene. Awesome scene. Oberyn's um, dope, he's a badass, and also, did not know this, he is an American. What do you mean? The actor who plays Prince Oberyn is American. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, he's in, uh, he's in Narcos. Yeah, he's great. Then, uh, yeah, um, but I just remember the sister's name. It's Elia Martel. Elia Martel, so, very pretty name. Yeah. Yep. So R.I.P. Elia, brutally murdered, raped, murdered. Uh, his her son and daughter both murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Oberyn's just really the only one who actually cares about it. Which yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of weird to me that uh, Prince Duran doesn't really care, but yeah. I mean, I guess he's more concerned with keeping the peace than he is about going to war with six other kingdoms. Right. And another thing to point out is the person he says, you know, when Rhaegar ran away from his sister, which pisses him off because Rhaegar kind of just left her in the cold. The person who he ran away for, of course, is Lyanna Stark. Right. Who at this point, Robert and Ned back in the day, they believed that Rhaegar kidnapped her. Or was that a lie that they perpetuated? Well, no, Robert believed that she was kidnapped. She was kidnapped. Yeah. So because the, he, because they were betrothed, and he just didn't want to. He didn't want to believe that she would ever choose someone okay. else. Because I, I when I watched it, I, like rang true to me as like a Harvey Dent type thing in The Dark Knight Rises, where it's like it was achieved on a lie, but this was achieved on more ignorance than anything else. They just it wasn't Robert and Ned weren't like, oh yeah, they just genuinely didn't know that that was not the right. case. Okay, and then we'll right. move on. All right, thank you for clearing that up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, from and there, the next scene. Uh, yeah, Danny and the dragons. Uh, her dragons are a little bit wild. They're in that teenage phase. She's having trouble controlling them, and Jorah's kind of <laughs> like, "You need to calm the fuck down. They're they're gonna bite your tits off." Uh, he, I think he says something along the lines of, "You know, they're dragons, Khaleesi. They'll never be able to be tamed." Yeah. Oh, and huge what? development. New Dario's here. Yeah, New Dario's back. Uh, well, not back. He's arrived. Um, but before we move on, I think, obviously, like, Jorah never read his fucking history books because dragons are, like, infamously trained, like, all the time. Like, yeah. that's how the Targaryens ruled the Conquered Seven Kingdoms Westeros, for 300 yeah. years. So, let's fuck Jorah, pick up a book. Yeah, but he's just, you know, he's he's like, you need a good taming too, Khaleesi. <laughs> I might have to teach you a thing or two. Sure. Oh. True. And then New Dario and Grey Worm are playing games in the back. They're they're doing like a who can hold a sword the longest type thing. And uh, it, that scene literally was just written to introduce New Dario. That was it. It was literally just, I'm telling you right now, that scene was the show writer's way of saying, we, we need her to say Dario like seven times so that the people who watch the show are like, okay. Yeah, because if they had just had him like walk up without her ever mentioning him or like looking for him you would have had no idea who he was he looks nothing like the other guy his hair is completely different the the garb is completely different everything's different he even talks differently his skin is not as tight (laughs) i think i'm a fan i'm a new dario fan yes dario 2 dario 2 the sequel the squeakle um and then there's a good like sansa is sad and Tyrion tries to call him her scene you know and then uh he has a good where he's like, uh, Shay, will you give us a moment? And she leaves, and he's just calming Sansa. And then Tyrion goes back into his quarters, and of course Shay knows that, like, oh, he kicked me out, so I need to make him want it. And she's got, like, the gams up, like, spread. She's like, get in here. And he's like, no, you got so fucking... Annoying. She, like, licks his finger and, like, puts it down south, and it's like, oh, God. Going for the kill shot. And Tyrion's actually doing a good job resisting. Usually he just falls for that shit, but... He's got a lot on his plate right now. He's, he's dealing with a, his wife who's in mourning. He's also got to deal with 
kind of juggling this financial situation for the wedding that's coming up. And then he's also got to deal with keeping this horror wizard under wraps, which yeah. is proven to be the hardest of those tasks. His brother just came back with half a hand, you know, his fucking yeah. Prince Oberyn's oh, there yeah. threatening everybody. Exactly. I, I, yeah, that's another, that's probably the biggest task, trying to avoid a war with Dorne at this point. Yeah. And literally in the next scene, Jamie gets his golden hand from Kyborn. Uh, in this scene, it's just a good, like, Cersei and Jamie back at it, you know. Uh, and also we see that Cersei is really beginning to like Kyborn and really beginning to think illy of Meister Pycelle. Yeah. Rightfully so. Meister Pycelle's a snake. Um, I, from the scenes that you see with Cersei and Jamie, you would just think that they hate each other. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, They're sure. so cold to each other, they don't, like... Nothing endearing was said this whole episode, oh. which was like the first time that they saw each other in years. They, I guarantee, they angry smangs probably all the time. Just, yeah, I, don't know, just like, I don't know. I don't know if Jamie's got the energy in it at this point. He's probably oh, got got sucked out of his hand. Yeah, he's like that was my my pimp hand. Um, and from there, the wildlings are preparing for their raid. We see it introduces the Thens, who are cannibals. They suck. Uh, even Tormund is like, I fucking hate Thens. Um, and then we see, we go to the Night's Watch where John is very sad about Rob and he talks about how jealous he was of Rob and how it's upsetting that he's dead. And obviously that was his brother. And, and Sam yeah. is like, all the things you're saying about Rob is true for me to you. You were jealous of Rob because he's hot, got chicks, was cool. Like, that's how I feel about you. And John was like, <laughs> and John was like, ha, weird flex. And then John goes and uh, testifies before the Night's Watch leaders about all the things he did. And he sh he's so sharing. Like, he never even needed to say that he fucked Egret, but he just, like, slipped that in as, like, a little yeah, humble brag. Yeah, he slipped it in why, there. What did he... I think, he was trying to, I think maybe he was trying to, like, hammer home the point that he's being honest and truthful. Yeah. So he, that when he followed it up with the news that there's 100,000 wildlings walking on the wall, or walking towards the wall, um, he would be believed a little bit better. Right, and he even said, he's like... I I talk like a wildling. I slept with the I you know ate with the wildlings. I climbed the wall. With, I lay with a wildling girl. And they said, and, and, you know, even Mace Raymond's like, if we if we cut the head off a guy who went and got his his rocks off, you know, we'd be a, we'd be guarded by headless men. Yeah. Which like, uh, hey, potential job opportunity for Ned. <laughs> what's that? What's that lizard's name who uh, moved up from the from the city watch to the to the night's watch? Janice Slint. Janice Slint, dude. So this guy's acting like he's been there since day one. He is. He's like, he's calling for, for John's head left and right. He's like, oh, you broke your vows. He's probably only kept the vows for like six months. He hasn't even been there for that long. Who does this guy think he is? He's a real, like, Philadelphia 76ers fans would say, he's a real Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Gets there and immediately is like, changing, changing this, changing that. No, we're not meeting on Tuesdays anymore. It's Monday nights. Yeah. Monday nights. Oh, you have an exciting offense run through Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Nah, ISOs for me all day. <laughs> and then Charles Barkley's like, Jimmy Butler don't score no baskets. Let's do knucklehead. Don't play on defense. And from there, uh, oh, a quick meet where Olena and Marjorie meet Brienne. Nothing significant there other than Brienne just being a fucking brick shit house. Dude, as soon as she walks up, the, the Queen of Thorns is like, oh, oh my lord. What the fuck? <laughs> chicks are massive. She's chicks massive if she said that. That's right up there with, that's right up there with, you have a great butthole, you must work out. This chick's massive. Uh, butthole's massive. And from there, we get a quick scene of Jamie and Joffrey uh, having a little 
discussion, and Joffrey's Joffrey's just being a shithead to him. He's like, "You can't defend me." Sir Marin will continue to defend me, and Jamie's trying to like burn Sir Marin, but then Joffrey opens up the Book of Brothers, and Jamie's oh, like got like man. a little paragraph. It's like he kind of killed the one dude he had to protect. Like that's the paragraph. That was that was brutal, actually. That's that's a huge shot to Jamie's ego for sure. What's the guy's uh, name? Something the Bold or something the Strong or whatever. But. Uh, well, Barristan the Bold, Sir Duncan the Tall. The guy who killed uh, the Smiling Knight. He's like, all those guys have Arthur, like... Arthur Dane. They all have like thesis statements and essays about themselves. And then Jamie has like one of those things first graders write when it's like their first time writing something. And it's like, I like blue. I go to the park. <laughs> it's what Jamie says. Blue's Park's my favorite park. <laughs> yeah, that's like literally what it is. Uh, but interesting enough... So Duncan the Tall, there's actually a whole miniseries that's kind of a prequel to the current events in Game of Thrones. And so I actually, I read through all those. I was going to do my Westeros History Minute on that, but I would have had to like spread it out over the course of like five or six episodes because there's a ton of shit. Um, but pretty cool character. Uh, listeners, if you guys get a chance, you should check that out. Um, Sir Duncan the Tall, there's three mini books. I think they're only like 80 pages each. Right. So you can probably... Check those out. That's awesome. On your like Kindles. Yeah. I wouldn't mind learning about that. Uh, Tim Duncan the Tall. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> and from there, we get a little bit of little bit of new Dario hitting on Danny. It's a bad move uh, by him. It looks kind of unprofessional, but he's cool. And she's totally smitten. Like, everything. Danny's been very professional, I think. She's made bad decisions, but she's still tried to keep, like, some form of professionality, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. But she is totally smitten by Dario because he's handsome. And he's got he's got a big old hog in them trousers. She's playing hard to get for sure. But then like once Dario kind of spins spins his like strategy around, she, you could tell she's just like moist. She's smiling. She's smirking. Oh, yeah. She's ready to go. She's she is she's yeah she's ready to rock. And Dario knows it. He knows he's got her. He knows he's got her. But he yeah, likes. Dario I think he likes her. the game. You know, he likes it. He likes the back and forth. Old, old Dario would have stood there and like talked about her beauty and stuff, but yeah. new Dario's new Dario's playing the game. Yeah, he's he's in, he's in it to win. It. He's in it for the long haul. Uh, and she sees uh, the dead slaves, how they like crucify him and point. They're like mile markers for Christ's sake, uh, and it's a message to any potential runaways. And she hates it. She says, "Cut them down. I want to see them all." Uh, so she knows she's going into that city with a head of steam. Mm-hmm. And uh, quickly, Sansa runs into that drunken fool, Sir Dantos, from many episodes back. He uh, gives her a necklace, an old family necklace. She accepts it because he's like, I went from being a knight to being a drunken fool, but you saved my life from Joffrey, so thank you. The necklace is pretty important down the road. Yes. Um, and that guy creeps me out, man. He's, he's something uh, he's not right fishy. about him. He's fishy. Yeah. And I don't mean as like the character. I mean in real life, that dude's fishy. Well, his eyes like crooked, kind of. Yeah, he's got that thing where you don't, if you like talk to him, you wouldn't know which one to look at, which I hate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate oh, that yeah. feeling. It's And then you kind of like look back and forth, and they know you don't know. You that's, that's when you just got to stare at like the forehead or something, man. That just would make them feel worse. <laughs> um, and then from there, the Hound and Arya. I've been from thereing. Uh, the Hound and Arya. Go to a uh, little place for food. Arya goes because she sees the guy who killed Polliver and has her sword Needle. Great line where she's like, she's like, that's my sword, Needle. And he's like, you named your sword? She's like, lots of people name their swords. And he goes, lots of cunts. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. And then he's like, five men, more than I feel like killing on an empty stomach. And it's not a huge scene other than when he goes in there, he has some great lines about wanting a chicken. And they're all like, well, you got to pay for that chicken. He's like... He's like, I'm going to have to eat every fucking chicken in here. And then they, he kills them all. Arya takes Needle from the guy who killed Polliver and kills him. 
And uh, she was discussing how she wanted her own horse and the hound refused. And the scene ends with her riding off on her own horse with Needle. So her and the hound now are a little dynamic duo. Yeah, now now they're now they're boys. Now they're kicking it. Uh, they're Arya, old chums. Arya gets a couple kills in there. Like She stabs one guy uh, in the back. And then the uh, polybear's crawling on the ground. She kind of fucks him up a little bit. Only then, her third kill ever, or like top, like under five kills, and she's already like getting cocky. She's like saying lines to them and slowly. Well, dude, she's straight. She's straight on this bitch's path now, man. She's gonna let everyone know that who she is before she murders them. Yeah, this know? is Ted Kaczynski level, um, you know, lunacy in her eyes. I don't know. Is that a serial killer? Unabomber. Oh, oh, sad. Grew up in Evergreen Park. I heard, yeah. I, I think I watched the documentary, uh, great documentary two years back on it. Uh, and yeah, but that's I thought that was a really great ending. Yeah, no, it was cool because, um, I mean, so many... So we always talk about these bridge episodes, but these two were definitely bridge episodes. Um, but, like, there's so many things, and we kind of hint about this, but there's so many things that are happening right now that are still relevant to shit that's going on yeah. for the new season. So it's cool to go back and, and be able to oh, take a second look at all For this. sure. And I actually like, too, like, even, like, the, you know, you learn. I like when they throw in stuff from the books, like when, when Joffrey is talking to Jamie about the other knights, you know. Uh, yeah. And you learn a little bit about, even just learning a little bit about Sir Duncan the Tall and Sir Barristan the Brave, who is, I believe, Barristan Selmy, right? Yes. And uh, Joffrey even says to Jamie, well, he's like... Bears in the Bolt. Bears in the Bolt, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he said, yeah. he was like, you were too busy getting captured to Jamie, which poor Jamie's going to have to deal with that a little bit, which total Donald Trump move by Joffrey there. Listen, Joffrey has been mouthing off to all the older members in the family in these past two episodes. He's going after Tywin. He's going after Jamie. And he's, you know, he's given some, some good jabs, man. I mean, he's not... He's not throwing around lightweights out there. He's he, he's talking shit about Tywin yeah. sitting out the whole war. Essentially, he's talking shit about Jamie getting captured. And Cersei bitch slapped him once, right? Didn't she give him a little smack? No, not in this episode. I don't remember. Right? No, but it back was, at one point in the season, she smacks him. Oh yeah, yeah. The only one who never was like afraid to slap him a bunch was Tyrion. He always gave him the works. Yeah, Tyrion and Tyrion gives him the shit back too. Tywin and Jamie usually just like brush it off and say like, "All right, go to bed" or something. Yeah, but, but Tyrion usually gives them some sauce back, gives them some Yas Queen. Yeah. What? So, what would you rate these episodes? So, here's the thing. Okay, they're bridge episodes. So, uh, Misa, which was the season finale of uh, season three, I gave a four. Okay. Uh, I wasn't really a big fan. There wasn't too much going on. I think it was more so like dealing with the aftermath of, of the Red Wedding. So, yeah, I gave it a four. What'd you give that one? I gave it a three. Okay. Floored me uh, almost to death. Uh, But I'm not a Stark, so I don't die easily. (laughs) Well, the living Starks now don't die easily. Well, if it's about time, change the the narrative. Yeah, flip flip the script. Flip the script. Okay, and how about for uh, episode one of season four? I gave that a six. So I gave this, I gave episode ten and episode one a three-six mafia because... It still is a great, you know, they got a big hit, won him an Oscar, but there's no more hits, you know. It's not sustainability. Uh, that is that is fake news, dude. I Listen, I'm not a big concert guy, but I've been to three, I'm sorry, I've been to two 3-6 Mafia concerts and two Juicy J's concerts who's in 3-6 Mafia. You've been to two 3-6 so, Mafia concerts? Hell yeah, dude. You've I been to more 3-6 Mafia concerts than 3-6 Mafia's been to. <laughs> <laughs> 
went to one on a college visit to fucking Wabash College. Did they sing Hard Out Here for a Indiana. Pimp? What's that? Did they sing It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp? Yeah, dude, they played all Did they that. sing it seven it was... times? No. Okay. Okay. Dude, they, were, they were singing like Slob, Up, My Nut, Love Corn. Oh. Dude, they have bangers, dude. You just don't recognize that it's 3-6 Mafia. They, they might, maybe they don't get the cultural, the uh, mainstream respect that they deserve. Yeah, well, not dude. Fuck the mainstream. If you're on the radio, you're you're a sellout. My, it's not really a sellout, but like they won I mean, an Oscar, Chris. Three Six Mafia won an Oscar. I know, I know, but they also had a ton of ton of low key shit that no one knows about. That's but true. anyways, um, so my rating for <laughs> season four, episode one, I gave it. I initially gave it a six. But it had some heavy shade going on, so I dropped it down to five and a half. Four or five and a half mafia. All right. Yeah. So I had to, you know, get that shade curves, you know, bring it down a bit. You got to curve it. You got to curve it. You got to curve it. Uh, um, best line, yes, best queen. Best line, yes, queen. I'll start. Okay. Start us off. Uh, my best line was, was Tywin to Joffrey, as we discussed. Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. I'll make sure you understand that when I've won your war for you. And the reason that's my best line is because I'm pretty sure that's what Kyrie Irving said to LeBron in the 2015 NBA Finals. <laughs> Kyrie was like, go ahead, call yourself the fucking king. I'll make every clutch shot, and we'll come back from 3-1 and beat the Warriors. And that's what Kyrie you know, did. You know what? I also had that as my best line as well. I think it's, I mean, dude, Tywin's just so, everything he says, I feel like, is just like puts so much more weight onto the words. Yeah. But if, you know what's if, funny, if though? Is Joffrey's clapback, though, is, like, a pretty good clapback. About him sitting out the war? Like, he came, Tywin came in in a very Walter Frey way in that war, in that one, where it was like, ooh, tide's turning, going's getting tough, let's get on the winning team. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, well, it but was, the, but Tywin does it with more bravery than Frey, because he's at least in the mix, but it was a decent clapback by Joffrey. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Tywin did definitely, I mean, he, he did kind of take the coward's way out there. But the thing was, I think that he was emotionally conflicted because he had grown up with uh, the Mad King, Aerys Targaryen, and they were buddies. And then oh, yeah. Aerys, as he started getting more paranoid and started losing his mind, completely shunned uh, Tywin. And I think that really took kind of a toll on, on Tywin, so... He was, I think he was struggling more so, okay, well, do I want to just, like, help him out because we have a history together? Right. Or should I, you know, jump on the winning team and just kind of wait this out? What so, are your Yas... Well, my Yas Queen was, uh, uh, Tywin was arguing with Jamie, and he goes, well, what is it that you do want? And Jamie goes, supper would be nice. Yeah, that was good. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that was my best line. You already took it. My Yas Queen was um, when Joffrey was kind of talking shit to Tyrion, and he ends his sentence with "you little monster," and Tyrion goes, "Oh, monster, am I? Well, you should perhaps you should tread carefully, because uh, he says something along the lines of like monsters are, scary. are scary, and just now kings are dropping like flies." Great line, yeah, and even various kind of giggles. Yeah, and well, of course, Pycelle's like, "Oh, clap back. terrible, no." Even even Joffrey's kind of like taken aback. He doesn't really know what to say at first. And even Tywin's kind of like, all right, that's enough. Yeah, he's like, uh, your your uncle's joking. Yeah, he's like, true though. <laughs> and a couple <laughs> couple honorable mentions: the uh, the Hound, lots of cunts. 
Uh, there's a great one where Cersei's talking to Tyrion, and she's talking about her kids and how much like they've saved her, and she loves them. And, and Tyrion goes, "Even Joffrey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hottest moment for you? My hottest moment was Jamie telling Tywin no. To oh Castle yeah. Rock. Um, I think it's the first time that Tywin didn't really have any options other than to just accept the no. Usually, he kind of takes over and takes control and, and changes the answer, but this time he couldn't. It's it's I think there's a certain toughness for him with Jamie, whereas with Cersei and Tyrion he knows he has like the upper hand on them. Yeah. Jamie in like even in the views of the people, he is you know, he's he's kinda he's out there, man. He's mixing it up. He's a swordsman. He's, he's something something that's like, you know, he's he's a soldier. He's he's definitely a big name and I mean he's I mean, he commanded the Lannister host. Well, Tywin was gone. Exactly, at the beginning of the war. So he just returned from getting his hand chopped off as a you know a war captive. Which like they'll play that shit up in the propaganda machine in King's Landing. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of clout. Jamie's got a lot of clout. Yeah, whereas I think like Tyrion and Cersei, people view them like how we would view the King and Queen of England today, where it's like, oh, they live in Buckingham Palace and occasionally they make appearances, but who are they really? You know. Whereas Jamie is almost like, oh, that guy's fighting for us. You know. Yeah, I think I think if if Tyrion just wasn't a dwarf, then like people would say that he has clout as well. But I think like just like the paranoia and ignorance and stuff of that like medieval fantasy time period just doesn't uh, doesn't jive well with Tyrion getting any clout. For sure, uh, my hottest moment is a quick small one is New Dario, but my bigger hottest moment uh, when Egret finds John and shoots him up with three arrows. I thought they had a lot of tension, but it also was mostly hot for me because this shows me that if their relationship continued, Egret definitely would have pegged him. <laughs> like, that would have been a functioning thing, and she would have been like, she would have been a little prostate tickler, and uh, that's like for sure. And he would have been like, are you sure? And she would have been like, you going to take this, Jon Snow. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, which, uh, not my cup of tea, but it's, it's a thing. Straight dudes occasionally, I guess, like getting their butt uh, put up. Uh, in the, yeah, in the I mean, I, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna get into that. Let's discuss. You have a great. You must work out. Great butthole. <laughs> We've been heavy on the buttholes this episode. We started out with with the doctor inspecting a butthole. Now we got some pegging going on. And last week was it Mr. Left Hand? Yeah. Oh yeah. We had we had the king of the buttholes himself, Mr. <laughs> Left Hand. <laughs> the king. Long, long may he reign. Um, and from, um, we got a West Coast so, History Minute this week. Back to our yeah, roots. your favorite segment. Welcome back. Let's go. Um, so this one is actually pretty quick. I just wanted to touch on the Thins because in the show they make him come off as kind of barbaric and uh, cannibal-esque, where, as in the books, they're actually one of the more settled and one of the more like advanced people amongst the pre-folk. So uh, basically they come from the First Men, which pretty much all wildlings do, but they consider themselves to be direct descendants of the first men who all of course took last names and family names so the original uh, settlers of westeros right like the original people that come from essos yes correct um and then so they you know they continue to keep like these surnames which wildlings really don't do and then also they speak the old tongue so that also kind of relates them directly to the first men there's also a few of the more educated ones that speak the common tongue. They have a, a overlord, so they kind of have like a feudal system like they do in Westeros. Uh, 
he's called the Magnars then, but he's considered more of a god to his people than like an actual lord. So that's kind of more barbaric in that in that sense. But they do have laws. They do have, like I said, that feudal system in place. So they have lords in the valley that they live in. If they are direct descendants, it's almost as if they laid the blueprint for how to have a society. And of course, people, whenever you adapt something, you do tweak it. Exactly. So, I mean, even uh, when I was doing a little bit of research on this, because I just, I really just like took, when I do the Westeros History Minutes, I kind of just like take what I've read out of the books. But this time, since I'm not in studio, I actually have my computer pulled up in front of me. And it says here, um, some consider the Thens more sophisticated than other free folk and closer to the people south of the wall. Um, they actually are able to deal more with giants than the other men just because they have more of the structure in place where the giants don't have to worry about people just like murdering them left and right. Um, but at the same time, they are a little bit more sophisticated, but they are also savage fighters. So in that sense, they are kind of portrayed correctly in the show. But the whole like cannibalistic stuff and them just being like mongoloids is not necessarily how they're portrayed in the books. They're cannibals, though. They got last names. They're, all their last names are Dahmer. Well, they, they're not cannibals, though, in the books. No, but in the show. Right. Yes. Interesting. In show. I wonder why yeah. that tweak happened. Probably because they needed that barbaricness, you know? Yeah, and like they do that a lot in the shows with smaller groups. Uh, there are there are a group of wildlings that are cannibals and just barbaric, and I think they just combine the two. Um, Combinations happen, like even Rob Stark's wife. Yeah, exactly. They, they do that a lot in the show, just because it would take too much time to cover these smaller groups that don't really have too much significance in the long run. Wow, interesting. Well, thank you. That's a good Westeros history minute. I like that one. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> hey, no problem. No problem. Uh, so we're going to do another Mount Rushmore this week. We're going to do best nicknames. Quick best nickname draft. Hell yeah. Uh, I have no so clue who had first pick. Out, you want to lay out the rules of the nicknames just so we, just so the people know here? What was the rule that we agreed on? That it has to be from the show or that we can make one up? I mean, I thought I thought we were just going <clears> to... <throat> it was going to be a free-for... If you have something really funny that you have made up that works, I think we roll with it. But um, otherwise, we just take them straight from the show. All right, let's do so it. Like, you know, the Mountain, the Hound, Queen of Thorns. So, so, All right, well, that's, let's, let's save it for the draft. Okay, yeah. Um, People know what a nickname is. They don't need an example. If you're listening uh, to our podcast and you need an example of what a nickname is, <laughs> you have bigger issues. All right. Anyways, you want to lead us off? I'll get the first uh, pick, and my pick is uh, what Brienne of Tarth names the sword when Jamie gives her the sword, which is Oathkeeper. Oh, nice. Okay. And that and that objects are going on the uh, nickname board. Okay. That's a hot I'll, pick. I'll, I'll take it. There ain't no problem. All right. What's your um, pick? So my first one is the Queen of Thorns because I think it's just very fitting. She's she's a delicate rose, but she's got those thorns that will prick you every time. Ooh, yeah. Love a good pricking. <laughs> uh, my second <laughs> one is uh, Rick on Stark's nickname, Hair Eater. Because <laughs> he eats his own hair. Uh, that's in the books, Chris. Is that in the books? No, think... that's not in the books. In the show, pay that's... attention. Whenever he's in a scene, he's always sneaking bites. Uh, he's always <laughs> plucking and popping into his mouth. Just watch, folks. It's not like I don't even know if it's in the script or if it was just the actor's interpretation of the character. But pay attention when he's in that ho- tower with Bran. Even when he's running in season eight, he's he's plucking and eating. Well, that that, I think that's going to be like a CD original. We're going to have to make a documentary on hair eaters. It's yeah, gonna she, it's going to be produced by Shady Originals. Yeah, I mean, in the 70s porn genre, there's a lot of hair eating going on. <laughs> uh, my second pick is Hot Pie. 
Oh, that's, that's a cute a one. He's name. great. Great name. Hot five for the throne, twenty nineteen. Oh, I love that. My third pick is so I was gonna say the young wolf, but that's Rob, and I'm a bigger John fan, so I'm gonna go with the white wolf. Which you actually don't hear except for the one dude in the future when he says, Jon Snow is the white wolf. I mean, I think it's pretty fucking sweet. It is. It's a great nickname. Uh, it's not a title actually, or anything, so white wolf. He, has, cool. he has his own banners in, uh, in the books. It's like actually a white wolf instead of a silver dire wolf. Yeah, they've the only said white wolf once about Jon in the show, and in the books it seems more prominent from what I've read. I think maybe just because, like, in Season 7, there was no ghost, so maybe they didn't want to, like, remind people of it too much. I don't know. He'll be back in 8. Yeah, he'll be back in a big way in 8. So my third pick is Sir Piggy, talking about Samuel Tarly. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great nickname. Is it, like, Sir Porkchop or some shit? Yeah, they they call him Sir Piggy, Sir Porkchop, Lord of Ham. They call him all that shit on 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 the wall. Yeah. Um, Chris? Yeah. My fourth okay. pick. I thought you cut out for a second. Oh, no. You just I'm, hit me with I'm a hard there. stop on that sentence. Oh, did you I? You normally oh. smoothly slide into your last word, but you hit me with a hard punctuation there. It kind of scared me. Uh, my fourth one is a good one. I think it's imp. Nice. Definitely one of the more common ones, that's yeah. for sure. He gets, he gets, I mean, like, as an actor... Uh, you do what you must do, but there had to have been some easy emotional draws for for Peter Dinklage because you know in his real life growing up he definitely faced some form of discrimination and stuff. So for him, it probably isn't oh, yeah. too difficult to draw on all that anger and hatred that he's had in his life. Uh, and he's actually done interviews about how like he gets tired about talking about it, but that there is a uh, he said a friend of his once said to him, "We don't need another angry dwarf in this world." And he said, "But it's just a real thing where it's almost like why why does this happen to me?" Kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. Yeah. Um, my fourth pick will be renowned pillow biter. Yes, that's a deep one. <laughs> uh, Elena Tyrell said that about Loris Tyrell. That's a tough one to beat, right there. I don't know if I can. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff there. I had a good draft, but I don't know if I can beat renowned. It's not even pillow biter. It's re- it's got a great adjective. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a worldwide, no, he's Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Dolly. 305. Um, you blew it, Sarkis? Yeah, one second, I gotta, like, situate my mic here, folks. This is difficult because my phone is being occupied. All right, you blew it. You blew it. Um, so, I'll lead us off here. Um, so mine was when Jamie got back to King's Landing and he's having his first talk with Cersei. And Cersei just basically says, you took too long to get back. Like, what the fuck? You left me here with all these people. I had my daughter taken away. Um, like, all this bad stuff happened. So, long story short, Jamie Lannister. You blew it. You blew it. You fucking blew it, Jamie. You fucking blew it. <laughs> Quit blowing it. Uh, my pick got? is um, Yara taking the fleet to go get Theon. Um, I don't want to do a spoiler alert. But Theon's business days, his best days of business are still ahead of him. Uh, Yara, I hate when people confidently say, I'm going to go do this, because a lot of times in this show, they don't go do that. Getting so much business. Right, so uh, Yara Greyjoy? You blew it. You blew it. You fucking blew it. That was difficult this week, because it's easier when you're here, and I don't have to use my laptop to both record and blow it. Yeah. Well, 
it's always easier when you don't have to use your lads up to do anything and blow yeah. it. Yeah. I wish I could just blow it on command. <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we'll, this is our first time actually doing this new format, believe it or not. So, um, we've yeah, been we'll, very consistent. We'll folks. Yeah. Not to humble yeah. brag, but we've been very consistent. Culver's, that's good consistency. So we're like a little butter burger. Always delicious. <laughs> Hopefully we don't get too much more snowfall so we can make them. Is it still appearances. fucking snowing out there? I'm going to have to go do a shoveling round too, and I'm not prepared. Uh, let's it's get George Dayton. It's snowing where I'm at. It might be. No, oh, it's probably done. Well, who do you got for George this week, or do you want me to go first? You, you lead us off because I, I, I don't think I have anybody, TBH. Uh, that's fine. My, my date for George are fast food mascots. Ronald McDonald, the Burger King, Wendy, uh, Ambien. It's because they're blowing up in a big way because Donald J. just served the Clemson football team fast food uh, for their visit to the White House, which a lot's been said about it online, about how, like, uh, oh, wow, how cheap and stuff. But, like, listen, we all politics aside, as a college dude, that actually had to be pretty cool. Like, I don't think it's the worst thing. Oh, man, you're cutting out pretty bad right now. But I can I'm hear sure. you fine. You're fine. Oh, you can hear me fine. Okay, yeah. perfect. So I, I missed a lot of that, but I'm sure it's fast food mascots, up. Chris, based on Donnie yeah, J I heard getting that. yeah. Which it's yes. like, which, I wouldn't be opposed to fast food from in, at the White House. Dude, no chance. Listen, I I would rather have that than like a you sit know, down meal. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes like say for example, you get invited, you get invited to an event, and your choice is like fish and like vegan options. So I'm like, okay, right. well. Just give me. I'll, I'll go and pick up. Usually for stuff like that, like I'll go and hit McDonald's drive-through before I go to the event anyway. Right. And would you rather take a Big Mac and walk around and be able to get out and like look around the White House, or would you want to have to sit at a fucking dinner table while Donald rumbles to you about some fucking nonsense? I would rather be able to be mobile. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. Big Macs are pretty sloppy. Maybe a QP. Give me a quarter pounder, and I can I can move around. With you think it. he was rocking QP? I know he had Big Macs, and I, there was like it was he, no, such he had a weird QP. spread. He had, he had fillet of fishes there, dude. He Did hit he? Two for five. He hit the four. <laughs> he hit the four for fours, dude. He, you know, he had he the twenty-piece McNugs going. All right, all right. Touche, Don. Hell yeah. Touche to the Don man. All right. I'm actually I'm surprised he didn't get some uh, Chick Fil A mix in there though. That would have been tight. Yeah, message. Yeah, I was like Papa John's. Yeah, um so unnecessary titties my unnecessary titties for me this week it's uh the last it's oh it's at the very beginning when they do last time on game of thrones because for the start of season four they showed fucking everything that ever happened they yeah. showed ned getting his fucking head cut off that was, was season it, one they yeah. showed everything <laughs> it was like six minute intro into that. And they were like, yeah, they showed everything. They showed the contract negotiations between Amelia Clark and HBO. It was insane. <laughs> okay, I like that one. My unnecessary titties is a little more conventional. Um, it was when Ramsey sent Theon's junk to the uh, to Pike, to the Great George at Pike, which yeah. was kind of fucked up. I mean, yeah, kind you know, of. <laughs> yeah. okay, very fucked up I mean don't be listen I mean we, we discussed this but don't be sending don't be sending junk in the mail it's just that's not, like the OG dick pic right there <laughs> that, <laughs> that's good yeah that's how you used to have to send it back in the day what do you think of this because it's not a happening a lot more on the line you're putting a lot more on the line yeah and that's insane you're right that's like if you're going to cut someone's dick off don't do it but also if you're going to don't go send it to family members don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't send be, members to family don't, members. Don't don't send Bob's and Bean. Don't send Theon's junk. 
Yes. Yes. That's great. Um, and you saying Bob's and Vaheen is fantastic because it leads right into trial by combat, Chris. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my show oh, this what week. Are, what do we got? It's a romance television show made for our generation. Wait, right? hold on. Wait, wait a second. Can you, like, you're breaking up again, and I want to hear this. Oh, all right. You hear, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. It's a romance made for our generation, right? And it's a okay. remake, so to speak, of the hit film Love Actually. Uh, and it's about the perils and trials and tribulations of loving in today's generation, online dating. Uh, and um, it's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film that I'm writing here. And the title, the title is actually named for an answer you give a girl when you meet her online. And she says, uh, would you like to meet? You reply how you would say, uh, you know, for nudes. You say, Bob's actually? So instead of love, actually, this film is called Bob's Actually. Bob's Actually. And so for those of you who are not in the know, um, apparently there's this whole subculture of the internet of people from foreign countries with, like, accents asking women for Bob's pics, which is supposed to be boobs, but they do it with one O, and Vaheen, like V-A-G-E-N-E. Please send Vaheen. And Chris sent me a song the other day that this guy did. He, like, wrote based on all of, like, the Bob's and Vaheen questions that girls get asked. It's so outrageous. It is so outrageous. It's like, like one of them's just like, um, "You sexy tonight?" Question mark. <laughs> the guys like say, "Bob, pick please." I must love you. Like, please send Bob's. And then when the girls don't reply, because of course they shouldn't, they get like super aggressive and are like, "Fuck oh, you." So <laughs> one of them just says, "Bitch lasagna." <laughs> no fuck anyways. No fuck anyways. <laughs> Please send Bob's. You are quite beautiful, and there's just a spelling is terrible. Like I need Vaheen tonight, please. So my remake of Love Actually is called Bob's Actually. Like, do you love me? Follow it up with like a please question mark, and then like after that, it's just no holds barred. They just go in. Yeah, they're like you suck. (laughs) No fuck anyways. No fuck anyways. So Bob's Actually, I think it's great. All right, I'm in, dude. Listen, if we can. We'll have the intro song be that song that you just that you that we were just talking about, and it'll just go from there. People will just be hooked. Bitch lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Like what was even meant by that? Like what? Like what does lasagna mean? Are they bots? They gotta be bots. There's no way a normal human is getting mad because some rando is not sending them nudes. So they say, "Bitch lasagna." <laughs> oh yeah, no. There's I, I I don't think there's any truth to what's going on there, or, or at least I hope not. <laughs> all right close it out chris and then i'll oh, do my thing yeah so um this is a very exciting time for us we've only got three more months until season eight comes out mm. so you know if you guys have any like theories you want to hear about this is like prime time season to really get those juices flowing so oh, feel free to slide in our dms and um send bobs and Mahin. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Next week is a huge episode. We're still covering two because we have to keep pace. But there is our first episode we're covering next week is huge. Yeah. And that'll rows. probably, honestly, that'll probably take up the, the majority of the review that we do. Which the second episode probably is a bridge anyway, so it's perfect. So, yeah. Chris, you're good? Yeah, I'm good too. All right, folks. The bitches lasagnas out there, the Vahines, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and Amelia, hit me up. You must work out. Buttholes. Buttholes.